This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Forget the frustration of picking commerce platforms when you switch your business to Shopify, the global commerce platform that supercharges your selling wherever you sell. With Shopify, you'll harness the same intuitive features, trusted apps, and powerful analytics used by the world's leading brands. Sign up today for your $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash tech, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash tech. Is it a gadget? Is it a gizmo? No, it's gadgets and gizmos with Steve Kaplan and Simon Rose. So, where do we begin today? Well, we're going to start with London's biggest gadget, the post office the tower. Gadget. Oh, okay. As um, as as we know it, the BT Tower is, is now. It's been sold. It's been sold for two hundred and seventy-five million pounds to an American Ooh. hotel group. Who can turn it into a hotel? Which is mm-hmm. a good idea. I went up there once. I went to the revolving restaurant when you could still go to the revolving restaurant. Mm-hmm. Do you know who operated the revolving restaurant at the top of the post office tower? When you say who operated it, what, you mean who actually turned the handle that made it no, go around? No, I don't around? mean who turned the handle to make oh, it go right. around. I mean who oh, ran the restaurant. Suddenly was going into thinking of silent film comedy there. And, um, right. Probably Forte or somebody like that. It could have what era it was. Nobody like that. It was Butlins. Oh, okay. okay. No, I did not know that. Butlins hmm. operated the restaurant. I also went up, though, I think after that era, it was some sort of press conference, and I don't really remember anything about it, except that it was quite interesting watching it yes. go around. Yes. I went to a revolving restaurant in Texas once, and people kept putting matchsticks into the wall to know when they'd gone round once. <laughs> <laughs> well, the BT Tower, the Post Office mm. Tower, uh, built in 1964, it was an mm. official secret until 1978. Pretty and big secret. How, what do you think? They put a cloth over it at night. Well, apparently it was illegal to photograph it because it was a state Seriously? Hmm. How bizarre. There was a myth that didn't appear on maps, but in fact it did appear on maps. But um, yes, he went allowed to photograph it or talk about it. But given how it dominated <laughs> the skyline of London, there must have been an awful lot of people breaking the Official Secrets Act. There must have been. Just in the yes. background, if nothing else. Exactly, yeah. yes. yes. Mm, extraordinary. Um, anyway, why would anybody want to them, buy it? Uh, to turn it into a hotel, I mean, it's it's. Oh, I, right. I mean, I I don't use the word very often, but it really is iconic. Hmm. Okay. Yeah. It's, Although it very rarely and you're a man appears. Who designs icons. Indeed, I have. It very rarely appears on skylines of London. Although, of course, it used to. I suppose its its place has now been taken by the Millennium Wheel, mm, or whatever yes, that's called yes. now, the Coca Cola Wheel, or whatever it is, yes. and um, and the the Gherkin. Yes, hmm. you're right. It doesn't. It's sort of a bit passe now, isn't it? But it is. It will come bring back it again. Back. Bring yes. it back. I say. Anyway, talking of um, official secrets. Mm-hmm. Project Titan was Apple's secret self-driving car project, and they were working, a, if um, if rumour is to be believed, on a self-driving car without pedals or a steering wheel. Ooh. That's how self-driving it was. Ten years uh, in research, mm-hmm. uh, they've now cancelled it. All 2,000 employees have either been fired or moved onto other projects. Wow. Mm. We've talked a lot about problems with self-driving cars recently, haven't we? I mean, is anybody actually confident they're still going to manage this? 
I mean, I California keeps cancelling contracts for all these people because they keep yes. doing things like knocking people over, which is not the idea. Which is not uh, ideal. And uh, well, while they may well work in uh, on American streets, move them to the windy medieval street layouts of most British towns, hmm. and they're not going to manage at all. They're used to straight roads with uh, perpendicular intersections. Yes, true. True. Anyway, well, yes, I don't know, but yet the government still seems convinced that we are going to have them. They do seem convinced. I, I think it's not going to happen. Okay. Yes, okay. I think I'd rather go with you than the government. Oh, thank you. You're welcome. <laughs> Let's have one of these. Uh, here we go. <laughs> So, talking of tech that doesn't work properly, mm-hmm. the Odysseus lunar lander, the first thing to land on the moon for quite a long time, fell over on touchdown, mm-hmm. which means that its solar panels no longer point towards the sun, so the batteries have died, so they can't use it. What a uh, shame. Now, the reason it fell over is because it uses a complex series of lasers to estimate its speed and direction and position. Mm-hmm. And when it was being prepared for launch, the lasers, of course, were a hazard for lab technicians. So they turned them off, and they forgot to turn them back on again. Yeah, oh, they, I'm sorry, that cannot be said. It is true. Surely. There was a f- manual switch to turn them off, and no one turned them back on. And that's yeah. why it crashed. I mean, you and I have watched both science fact films and science fiction films yes. since we were in short trousers. Yes. Every single one features a checklist that people Yes. <laughs> You'd think they would, wouldn't you? Oh, that's appalling. And yes. how much it claims? Hundreds of millions of dollars, Hundreds of millions, it? yes. Yes. Oh. Well, somebody feeling very foolish at the moment, trying not to... Yes. Trying to pretend imagine, it wasn't their job, Gov. I imagine it's no longer their job. Well, that's probably true, yes. Yes, yeah. yes. they had they had one day working on Project Titan at Apple, and then they lost that too. <laughs> yes. So, talking okay. of zooming up into space, mm-hmm. Space Perspective is the latest outfit to offer tourist flights up into space, well, I say into space, onto the edge of space, which will be taking place from... Next year, and to go up into space will cost you a mere hundred thousand pounds, um, which right. compares to um, Virgin Galactic and Blue Origin quite well. And it'll be a six hour flight, which is a good long time. So, Virgin Galactic, for comparison, charged 365,000 pounds for a 90 minute flight. Mm-hmm. Jeff Bezos's Blue Origin charged estimated between 230,000 and 316,000 pounds for an 11-minute flight on his rocket. Blimey. Well, the, no, okay, it does seem one, good. Yeah. It seems like a bargain, six hours. Yeah. Yeah. And it'll spend two hours at its largest point. But the best thing of all is it's got bigger windows and a space lounge big enough to walk around in, so you're not Ooh, just strapped into yes, the seat, yes. which includes a fully stocked bar, and a lavatory. Oh, so it's beating the Elizabeth line then? It is beating the Elizabeth line. But if I were going up into space and anything, I would think a lavatory would be an absolute must-have. 
Yes, so I guess if it's only going to last 11 minutes or so. Even 11 minutes. I, I think I would <laughs> almost certainly need to use it. Well, yes. Yeah, trouble is, you'd be asked to strap in again than was the moment you got in there. Yes, well, you yeah. probably would. You'd miss it. Unless, okay. there, was a, unless there was a, uh, a window in the laboratory as well, of course. Yeah. yeah. So that's space perspective. And why, why are they able to stay up so long compared to the others? Um, they just, I just planned it differently. I suppose okay. they're hoping to attract more people. Okay. Yeah. Right. And okay. if they offer Share Radio a fact-finding tour so they can report on it, I will let you know. Uh, yes. Okay. <laughs> Excellent. Thank you very much indeed. Oh, you yes. go without me. You would as well. Here we go. <laughs> Let's have one of these. Right, we're now. We oh. now go mm-hmm. back to Earth with a crunch. Right. Or with, a, or with a gentle whoosh, depending on how um, how much faith you have in uh, in these lunar, these space exploration vehicles. Down to AI images. And they've been producing AI images for, for some years now, and they've got better and better. Mm-hmm. Their problem is bias, particularly racial bias. So in the early days... If you asked DAL-E, which was the uh, OpenAI image generator, mm. for uh, to do a picture with a judge, they'd give you a white man. If you asked for a gunman, you'd, they'd give you a black man, which mm. is clearly not acceptable. Yes. So yes. They, they've all been going crazy to be as, uh, as, as liberal, as multiracial as they possibly can, just mm. to show their complete lack of bias. Well... Diversity has proved to be a problem in itself. So Google's Gemini project, which is the latest AI image generation from Google, will, if you ask it for German World War II soldiers, they're quite likely to be black or Asian. Oh, yes, I read about this. Yes. Also, Vikings and popes are going to be a high likelihood of being black or Asian, which is a problem because, as we know, uh, there were no black or Asian uh, Vikings, popes, or indeed World War II German soldiers. Uh, I'm guessing there would have been relatively few, yes. They would. So Google yes. has now paused images of people on Gemini oh. until they get this sorted out. But you can see what a problem it is for all of them. Yes, but surely there must be a way of actually sorting it out. I mean, we're... I mean, you and I know that it's daft, so surely somebody could have programmed in... Or well, out uh, the difficult, difficult to program in because you know you you have to give uh, diversity across the range of people mm. being asked for. What do you specify as being only white? You know, you could say, okay, we'll specify uh, World War Two German soldiers and Vikings, and then someone asks for a pope, and it gives you a black pope. Okay, let's add popes to the list. Um, so. then but then you know, specifies... even even Italy at the time. You could put in, you know, demographic information, surely, for all these areas. Yes. Supposed to, it's tricky. Supposed it's to, very tricky. supposed to be all-knowing, but clearly it isn't. Clearly, no, it isn't. Well, let us pause there for a moment. We'll be back in a moment with more gadgets and gizmos. Is it a gadget? Is it a gizmo? No, it's gadgets and gizmos with Steve Kaplan and Simon Rose. And there is a new camera on the market. Actually, it's a phone. It's made by uh, right. Xiaomi. It's Xiaomi 14 Ultra. 
And why I described it as a camera rather than a phone is because it made as a camera made by Leica built into it, a 50 megapixel camera, mm-hmm. including a Sony one inch sensor. Now, the one inch sensor, <laughs> excuse me, is the sensor that you get in high end um, SLR cameras or, right. or even mirrorless cameras. Mm-hmm. How they build a one inch sensor into a phone is frankly beyond me because there isn't enough distance to go from the tiny lens you need on a phone to mm. the one inch sensor to, to to make that operate so they must have done something very very clever with the optics it will also shoot 8k video at 30 frames a second 8k which is pretty high resolution for video yeah yeah, yeah. it will do 1080p slow motion at up to 1920 frames a second which really is very more than most people need yes yes more than most people need and it will be available for six and a half thousand yuan because it's available in china only at the moment if and when it ships overseas i will tell you the price but it looks fascinating of course the trouble is being a xiaomi camera it'll run android which which we don't like you and i no no we don't. Mind, we you were getting quite excited until you thought about that. You were getting excited? I'm glad. No, you were. You were. I was getting excited. Yes. I was getting very excited. I don't get I quite as worked up over cameras as you do. No. Not quite. Cameras are important. Okay. I think it's time for crowdfunding, don't you think? Really? Well, in that case, yes. you can have one of these. Thank you. Now, are you worried about dust mites in your bed? No. No, well, neither am I. particularly. Oh, OK. But if I were... Right. then I would jump at the X1 Robot Bed Vacuum, which is currently on Kickstarter, which is a robot vacuum cleaner mm. that patrols up and down your bed, sucking up the dust mites, and they claim sterilising them um, with, its, uh, with its UV light, with its LED UV light. Right. Does it do bed bugs as well? Those bugs we were told was... We're going to be coming over from Paris. Well, it'll pick. It depends how big the bed bugs are. I suppose if they're if they're small enough, not yeah. if they're cockroach size. I don't know how big bed bugs are. Are they? Are they? No, nor do visible? I. But do you remember last last year we were told they were, we're yes, all going to be we suffering were. from bed bugs. Yes, any moment and now, and then it, the story just went away again for some strange did. reason. Maybe the bed bugs just did, did lost in translation. Yeah. What if it does anyway. bed bugs? I might be interested. Well, maybe it does. $149, which is about £118. And you have until the 12th of March to go on to Kickstarter and look for the X1 robot bed vacuum. It looks very cute, actually, going up and down your bed. Really? It doesn't fall off the end. It's got a special sensor that doesn't fall off the end. Mm. That's great. Presumably you have to get out first. Yeah, (laughs) you do have to get out. It will avoid you if you're in the bed. That would just be a bit weird, I think, wouldn't it? Yes, it almost sounds as if you're tempted to get one. I'm not tempted to get one. I like the idea of it. It's cute, but I'm not going to go and spend £118 plus shipping in order to get one of these. wow. No, okay, fine. So, um, talking of uh, bedbugs and the like, Mm -hmm. a Brazilian company called Birdview have produced a new drone which is capable of dropping 17,000 mosquitoes in a single 10-hour, 10-minute flight. What do you think of that? Dropping? Why would it want to drop some mosquitoes? I'm glad you asked me. I'll tell you why it wants to drop mosquitoes. So mosquitoes 
very, very bad things. They cause any number of horrible diseases, mm-hmm. and they're difficult to get rid of. Female mosquitoes only mate once in their lifetime, whereas the males go on and mate again and again and again. Mm-hmm. So um, this is a, the a technique developed by the International Atomic Energy Agency is to irradiate male mosquitoes to make them sterile. So what happens is they drop the sterile mosquitoes. They go and impregnate, or rather don't impregnate, say they're going to impregnate the female mosquitoes. The female mosquitoes don't produce any eggs. They don't mate again because female mosquitoes don't, but the the sterile male mosquitoes do. So the idea is that by dropping these, it will greatly reduce the number of mosquitoes because um, the female, many females will not produce eggs. How do they sterilise the mosquitoes in the first place? And how do they know which ones are male and which ones are female? Uh, that I don't know. There must be a right. way of telling. There must be a okay. way. They, but hang on, 17,000 mosquitoes? That's going to take a long time going through and sterilise. Say, no, no, that's that's female. No, that's female. That's female. Oh, OK, that's male. Let's sterilise that one. That's going to take a bit of time. They they probably grab a bunch of mosquitoes and oh, sterilise okay. them all. Okay. All right. Yes. So is this going to be absolutely life-changing for the danger of mosquitoes throughout the world? I mean, they already do it. They already distribute sterile mosquitoes, but it's very hard to distribute enough of them. But having a drone that can drop 17,000 oh, okay. of them means they can cover a much wider area much more quickly. It's okay. good. It's a good thing. It's good for the planet. Well, it's certainly good I'm for impressed. the people who live on this planet. Okay. Not so good for the mosquitoes. <laughs> not so good for the mosquitoes, but um, we are not worried about no, mosquitoes no, dying I'm out. No, I'm not. Right. Where now? Well, now back up into the sky, but not quite into space. Helicopters. Helicopters, mm-hmm. I mean, they're gorgeous things and they behave very well, but they are notoriously very, very hard to fly. Yeah. <laughs> I have a friend who used to have a, a helicopter, and I, he took me up in it uh, a couple of times, and both times he was just on the edge of panic the whole time we were up there. There's so much uh, to consider. That must have helped your frame of mind. <laughs> I just looked out the window. But <laughs> right. he's got the joystick, he's got both mm. pedals to operate, yeah. yes. and keeping them level is really difficult. Well, the Skyrise 1 could make it very much simpler. That's S-K-Y-R-Y-S-E, which uses fly-by-wire technology, which automatically controls every aspect of the helicopter, leaving the pilot with just a single joystick to go forwards Mm. and backwards, left Mm. and right, in some way up and down. And there's a touch screen that they just swipe to start the engine, automatic takeoff and landing, and you don't need a helicopter license. All you need is a standard private pilot license and 20 hours of training on this uh, on the Skyrise 1 in order okay. to fly it. Oh, that sounds very so impressive. And available for next year from $1.8 million. Okay. I don't know how much yeah. a helicopter costs. Is your friend going to get one? He's not going to get one. No, sadly. Okay. So the equivalent of 18 um, flights to the edge of space. So I guess that's not bad. Hmm. Yes, you can go up and watch them go past you. You can go up and watch them go past you. I mean, good news for budding helicopter pilots, I think, certainly. Well, yes, except I 
do actually know a young man who was a budding helicopter pilot, lived a couple of doors away from us, did all the training and everything, then couldn't get a job. There weren't enough jobs for helicopter pilots. The last I heard of him, he oh. was waving table tennis bats on an air an airfield oh. apron. Oh, that's an apron. Well, how did well, you pick that it's word up? It is called an apron. Yes. I, I would not have remembered that word. No, uh, it just popped into my head somehow. No idea why. Hmm. Very impressed. And then let's move on. Okay. So, you um, you have a, a, an armchair in your den, because it's an American product. Let's just imagine you have a den. Okay, I've got a den. It's, it's, a, it's basically a basement, but a kind of man cave type basement. Mm-hmm. And uh, a, a friend comes around, and he says, well, come and, come, and watch, come and watch the game with me, since we're sticking to the American theme here. Yes. Um, I'll, I'll crack open a bud, and you can sit in the, and watch the game <laughs> with me. But you've only got one seat there. So what you do, assuming you've already got your expandy armchair, mm-hmm. is you pull one of the arms, and it slides out and expands to become a two-seater. The Ooh. cushions are concealed in the base and in the arm itself. So you take them out and you put them mm-hmm. on. And another friend comes along and say, hey, guys, I hear you're watching the game. I've brought a six-pack of buds. Mm-hmm. Can I join you? you? say, yes, absolutely. You pull the other arm and that expands to make a three-seater. So you have a single armchair that can cover a two-seater or a three-seater sofa. How about that? Isn't that clever? It does actually sound quite clever, yes. There must be a catch somehow, but I don't know what it is. Well, the only catch is it's um, their estimate is going to sell for $1,500. So, but then sofas are are pretty expensive. Yeah, yeah, Yeah. absolutely. That sounds like a very good idea. It does sound like a very good idea. Go to expandy, E-X-P-A-N-D-Y, expandy.furniture. I didn't even know there was a dot furniture top level domain name but apparently no, there is no not it's quite a long yes. one it is quite a long one but it does leave you in no doubt as to the kind of thing they're selling well that's true how on the other hand of course if you're feeling particularly lazy you could just invite no friends around at all or just extend the whole thing and have a and snooze lie down on it and have yeah. a snooze yeah. yes of course the only the only drawback it's not really a drawback but if you've got room to expand it into a three-seater mm. Why would you ever collapse it to get into a one-seater? I've no idea. No. And you need to make sure you've always got room on either side of it in order to be able to expand it. You would. So having the sort of tray with your bud and your nuts or whatever you're having beside you is going to be a problem. because It'll probably be, be popcorn. I think it'll be popcorn. Oh, I see. Okay. Yes. It's still a problem because popcorn can go everywhere if you expand so, the sofa and it falls over. What could you usefully do in the space taken up by two seats of a sofa? There must be something that could be useful. You could put an exercise mat down, I suppose. I get the impression that people who have these dens in their basement to watch the game probably don't do that much exercise, but I could be wrong. <laughs> <laughs> Where do we go now? You may well, well, finally, we'll move on to Tesla, mm-hmm. who are having an event, and they ordered 2,000 pies from a bakery in San Jose. Mm-hmm. And then uh, phoned them back and said, no, we want 4,000 pies. Fantastic. So the bakery cancelled all their other orders and laid in the materials to make uh, mm. 4,000 pies. And then Tesla cancelled the order without paying for it. Oh, bad Tesla. Ooh. The, and the uh, the bakery complained, not on Twitter slash X or whatever we're supposed to call mm-hmm. it, but on Instagram, 
which greatly embarrassed a Tesla. And so Elon Musk announced, not on Instagram, but on X, that he was going to pay for the pies that they hadn't bought. Well, it seems rather bad behaviour, but turns into good behaviour. But it does bother me that companies only seem to respond now if you go into social media and try and shame them into responding. That's true. If you have a complaint about a company, I found the very best way of making that complaint effective is to uh, uh, is to talk about it on Twitter. Yeah, absolutely. And then it's public, I agree. and then immediately someone will get back to you. Yes, I know, and it's ludicrous. It shouldn't be like that, but it is. It shouldn't, I agree. but it is. Oh, okay, well, not just lots of gadgets and gizmos, but also information about how to complain when companies do the dirty on you. That's it, though, for this week's Gadget and Gizmos. We will be back with more at the same time next week. Is it a gadget? Is it a gizmo? No, it's gadgets and gizmos with Steve Kaplan and Simon Rose.